I'd like to talk with you today about frequency, and you say, wow, it's an interesting topic. I hope you think so when I get through. Uh, if you'll stand with me, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. I don't know all of your stories, and I can look around the room without even knowing all of your stories and know this that we share in common, that we all have one. Anybody in the room today that you have a story, and some of your story not everybody knows, but you know it, and you know God knows it. And I, I want to make this declaration to you right off the bat while you're standing on your feet. No matter what you've done or what's been done to you, God has a purpose for your life. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad God's not making my life up as he goes along. How many are glad he, he's not trying to figure you out? God's already figured you out. He already has a plan for your life. He already knows what... The Bible says that he knows the number of your days and the manner of your ways before there was even a day to know. That kind of, that level of knowledge was so fantastic that David said, it blows my mind. Anybody in this room like me is loving and serving a God who specializes in blowing your mind. I'm glad. I wouldn't want to serve a God that couldn't blow my mind. Can I get an amen? I wouldn't want to serve that kind of God. I like serving a God that surprises me once in a while. And so uh, we're going to talk about frequency today. Let's look at the book of Acts. And if you have a highlighter, I always love... Uh, now, you, you listen, you talked about Jesus freaks. The Jesus freaks bring highlighters with their Bible when they come to church. So if you have a, a highlighter, I want you to take it out. And you're going to want to mark a couple of things. We're going to begin reading in verse number 19 of the book of Acts, chapter number 11. And the scripture says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word but no, but to no one but the Jews only. How many are glad that God's kingdom is bigger than any one group of people? Aren't you glad? How many know that God wants a God? I believe our churches ought to already look like heaven. Amen. I believe it was Dr. Martin Luther King that said the most segregated hour in America is the 11 o'clock worship hour. And it's not the case with Trump. Can I get an amen? I think we ought to give you a hand. This church already looks like heaven. I love it. But even in those days, it says that during the persecution that caused the early disciples to scatter... That there were those who traveled and they preached in Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word, but only to the Jews. But look, verse 20. And some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. In other words, they stepped outside the box. When we talk about Cyrene, my mind automatically goes to the Gospel of Mark. Where we study about the man who carried the cross of the Lord. Simon of Cyrene, an African country who had come because of the Passover. And we're not sure the story of Simon. But I'd like to suggest to you that there is some suggestion in the scripture that would give us a little bit of an idea of what might have happened with Simon of Cyrene. This man who carried the cross of Jesus. Mark, when he writes his gospel, is familiar enough with this man that he would mention to the audience, you know, he's the father of Alexander and Rufus. 
you study church tradition, you'll find out that both of those names are named among the early church leaders. Paul references Rufus and, uh, and also mentions that the mother of Rufus was like a mother to the Apostle Paul. It's interesting to me that these men from Cyprus, which is an island in the Mediterranean, and Cyrene from Africa went to Antioch. We largely give credit to the founding of the church, the, the Gentile church, as starting in Antioch. As a matter of fact, we'll go on and read. Let me not get ahead of myself. Some were from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And this is the verse that you might want to highlight. And the hand of the Lord was with them. How many knows you can do more when the hand of the Lord is with you? And a great number believed and turned to the Lord the news of these things got to the ears of the church in Jerusalem and they sent out Barnabas who was from Cyprus because of the connection to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. So now we see that Antioch is emerging as one of the epicenters of Christianity. The church in Jerusalem has acknowledged that and sent Barnabas on this recon mission to see what's going on among the Gentiles in Antioch. Because we thought this was a Jewish thing. We thought this was all about being a sect of Judaism. And undoubtedly God has a different idea and is already to work, beginning to work in spite of us. How many are glad today that we serve a God who can do things in spite of us? Well, that's a relief. He'll do things in spite of us. So he goes and he finds Saul in verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that the whole year he assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Okay, you can close your Bible. Let's pray together, and then we'll unpack this idea and see where we go with that. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm acutely aware of my inabilities, but I am absolutely confident in your ability to do beyond what we can ask or think. And Lord, I pray that you will reach your hand and your, your mind, Father, into every heart. And I pray, God, that you will prepare us to receive the word of the Lord. And we will be glad, Lord, and say it was good for us to have been in the house of the Lord today. Do what only you can do in these moments we share. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. High five about three people and tell them, get ready for the word of the Lord today. It's interesting to me that this gentleman from Cyrene, from this African country who was traveling there, could very well have been one of the pillars of the church in Antioch. The evidence in the scripture would seem to support that. And though he's not a headliner in all the things that we read in the scripture, yet I found in my experience that sometimes people who are in the background make the best foundation stone. 
The fact is, there's not a church in America going on today, probably, and I know certainly none of the Triumph churches that would, be, would not be able to operate if it were not for the behind-the-scenes people who make it happen. Everyone in this room, from the greeters at the door to those that are serving in the church, I think we ought to take a moment and give them a hand and let them know that we know it couldn't happen if they weren't serving. All the musicians... I love that bass player, man. I love somebody playing the bass like they mean it. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they got it going on. That was awesome. I just about got in the Holy Ghost watching you play the bass, man. I ain't lying. That was awesome. It's people who are faithful who have heard the word of the Lord in their life and then have surrendered to the purpose of God and the will of God that really make a difference in life. And though we don't see all this incredible empirical evidence in the Scripture, sometimes you've got to read behind the story. And we get this idea that after he's carried the cross for the Lord, something happened. I mean, how could you not be changed by carrying the cross of Jesus Christ up Calvary's hill? How could you not look into those eyes and not be transformed? His Jewish religion exploded with a, a, a thousand years, two thousand years, three thousand years of messianic anticipation. I have I, I never talked with him, but I look forward to the day in heaven when I have an opportunity to say, Simon, tell me about that moment that you looked into the eyes of Jesus Christ, bruised and bloodied, and realized that you were looking into the eyes of the Almighty. How did it change your life? Well, apparently it changed his life to the point that his sons would become leaders in the church and that they probably or could have been part of the process of transmitting the gospel out of its Jewish embryonic stage into the Gentile world in Antioch where they would literally first bear the label Christians. My message is not entirely about Simon today, but it's just to remind you, everyone in this room, never underestimate what God has planned for your life. Never underestimate what God can do for you if you will find the frequency God has for your life. A frequency, that's kind of an interesting concept. A few years ago, I got in, interested in light and began to study light. As a, as a matter of fact, it was part of a morning prayer drive. How many ever have those morning prayer drives? A few of you do. I'm not suggesting you close your eyes and speak in tongues and get in the Holy Ghost. You need to keep your hands on the wheel, you know what I'm saying? But praying and driving are synonymous, and I've had drivers for many years normally. But uh, this particular morning, I didn't have a driver, and I was driving. And if you ride with me while I'm driving, you know why prayer is one of the first topics that come to your mind. And I'm praying that morning, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to understand you better. I, I want to have a deeper comprehension. My dad pastored for 50 years and my granddad 60 before him. I've been raised around religion and authentic relationship with God all of my life. But how many know there's got to be a moment when you tune in for yourself? There's got to be a moment when you step out of somebody else's faith and out of, out of someone else's religious understanding and somebody else's idea about God and you need to have an experience for your own self with God. Now, I'm not suggesting that's the first time it's happened. It's happened many times. But on this particular morning, I was saying, God, I want to know you more. And in that season, the Lord said, if you want to understand me better, because I tend to have a little bit of an analytical mind and I like science, he said, study light. Well, you say, that's interesting, and I thought, well, what light, huh, that's interesting. Until I began to read the scripture, and I realized there were a lot of characteristics with light that was similar to characteristics we might have considered about God. 
As a matter of fact, John, the apostle, wrote the Gospel of John and then eventually uh, three epistles that are in your New Testament. When he gets toward the end of his life, he mentions light in conjunction with the identity of God. Here's what he says in one of his epistles. He said, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. Now, how many believe that if, a, if an apostle who is now maybe up towards uh, in his 90s, maybe toward the end of the first century, who, he, listen, he's seen a bunch of stuff, y'all. I mean, he's heard the Sermon on the Mount. He's heard the Beatitudes. He's heard the parables. He's literally seen Jesus speak to dead people and see them get up off the cot and come back to life. He has seen Jesus open the eyes of the blind. He saw the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, you would think at the end of his life when he said, I'm going to distill all of that stuff down into a message, and I'm going to tell you the core of what I learned while I was with Jesus. Everybody say, that's the time to listen, right? And here's what he said. He said, and this is the message that we heard from him and have declared to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I want you to understand, he did not say that light is a God, and he did not say that God is a light. He said that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Then I realized why the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if you want to understand God, then study light. And I began to study light. It wasn't long until I began to realize that if you study light, light moves in particles, and it moves in waves. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to stay with the preacher just for a minute. Let's do a little science. Are there any science teachers in the room this morning? I don't see a single hand. Well, good, I can tell you all anything I want to tell you. Nobody know anybody. You're a science teacher? Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't see your hand. Oh, there you are. Okay. Would you step out of the room, brother, for just a minute and let me... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so light is, is, is actually... Uh, Light is filled, you may be nervous now, I can't hardly get it out. So, light is packed with particles, it's particles packed with quanta, and that's energy. And it moves in waves. And over the history of, of, of the study of light, there's been, I, I'm one of those guys that goes out on the MIT website, right, and listens to a lecture on light. I mean, some of you are thinking, you, you need to find some, you need to get a life, right? But I go out and I listen to this uh, this professor talk about light and he said some interesting things he said first of all we understand the mechanics of light we understand some of the fundamentals of light we understand how light operates he said the one thing his name was Dr. Uh, Walter Lewin actually at MIT as a renowned quantum physics professor but he said one thing that we don't understand is what where light came from and I literally paused my computer for a moment, and I thought, well, I don't have a Ph.D. in quantum physics, but I can tell you what, I can answer that. Like, who's your daddy now? I can answer that. The Bible says, in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's where it came from. It came from God. And an ancient apostle said that God is light, that in him is no shadow of turning, in him is no darkness at all, that God is light. And then he began to talk about different frequencies of light. You see, light spectrum is infinite. It has no beginning and no ending. Sounds kind of like God, doesn't it? It has no beginning. But your optic nerves are sensitized to only see what falls between red and between violet. In other words, light is there, but you can only see. You only have vision 
for what falls between red and violet. Anything beyond red is infrared. Anything beyond uh, violet is ultraviolet. And those different colors and the nuances of those colors are created by frequencies that are established by disturbances that are being created at the source of light. In other words, where light is being emitted, there are disturbances that are being created that sends out a message that reveals itself in a frequency of sort. And then red is a low frequency and violet is a high frequency. And, and you change those frequencies. Your microwave oven operates at a different frequency, but it's still light. Sound and music on the radio waves that are coming through this building. How many know they're coursing? If we had a transistor radio, incidentally, I went to about five stores trying to find a transistor radio to show y'all today. So, listen, there are no analog radios that are available in humanity, I guess, anymore. But how many know those old days where you had the, the, uh, the radio and you could turn it a little off frequency? Anybody ever been listening to the ball game or your favorite channel and then you go over a hill or something and the frequency breaks and what was clear and makes complete sense to you suddenly becomes static and distorted and you're, you have to reach and adjust the dial so you can get back on channel so you can hear what you're trying to hear. That's light. That's, the, that's a different frequency of light. And the oscillations are counted in hertz, which is how many interruptions there are per second, for example. So a hertz is a thousand distortions disturbances per second. Uh, I don't know whether you remember back in the days when I like westerns and and uh, I remember back in the days watching westerns and sometimes on the TV program you'd see someone like the bandits are about to knock over the stage at another little town and so somebody would get on the telegraph and they would begin to send a message in Morse code. It's beep 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 beep. Anybody y'all looking at me like I'm absolutely mad. You know what I'm talking about? And you're hoping that the message gets there uninterrupted so they can alert the authorities to protect the bankroll that's there so the bandits don't get in there and steal it. You know, they're literally sending a message. There is a coded message that's being transmitted in interruptions or oscillations. That's the same way light is. You see, at the source of light, there are these disturbances and these oscillations that are creating frequencies. And those frequencies create waves, and those waves have links between the waves okay so how'd I do brother am I okay so far okay so if you stood over a placid pool and dropped a BB in the pool of water that would create a wave that would go from that center point if you dropped another BB it would create a secondary wave and the link between the first wave and the second wave would be a wave link okay the frequency of dropping BBs would establish the wavelengths of the disturbances that are expressions of somebody up here that is creating the frequency. So red and violet are different frequencies and they have wavelengths and you're designed to operate within those frequencies. Can I tell you your life is like that? Can I tell you that you may think that you're making up your life as you go along, but according to the Word of God, God is the one who's creating the disturbance at the source of life that's creating the wavelengths. And those wavelengths become a domain. 
They become a domain. They become a, 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 a boundary, a spectrum of operating, a, a spectrum of efficiency and effectiveness. We all want to be effective in life. We all want to be successful in life. But I'll tell you how to be successful in life. Find the frequency God has for your life. Quit trying to be like somebody else. Quit trying to be like somebody. Quit trying to preach. Listen, I cannot preach like T.D. Jakes. I'd love to be able to listen. That man taught me so much in my early ministry. The guy can preach the paint off the wall. I can't be T.D. Jakes. I can't be any of the major. Listen, I can't be those people. I'd love to be able to be like Bishop Randy Clark. But you know what? That's a different frequency. Are y'all in the room with me today? But guess what? When I hit my frequency, there ain't nobody that can do it like I can do it in my frequency. When I find that domain that's within the wavelengths of what God has ordered for my life, don't try to be somebody else. Try to be what God has called you to be. Find your lane. Find your purpose. Find your place. And there you'll find success. Well, amen. So we have frequency, and I have definitions here, but I won't give them to you. I think I summarized it. So every Christian, every minister, every ministry, every church has a frequency from heaven. Like a coded message flowing in the waves of light from the essence and presence of God. Like Morse code, the message creates a spectrum of wavelengths of purpose and establishes a domain of efficiency and effectiveness. And some of you are thinking, why didn't, y'all, why didn't you just read all that to us? That's better than what it is. It it sounded better reading than it did preaching. (laughs) In the book of Acts, we see the emergence of Christ's church from its Jewish roots. From being exclusively confined to the sons of Abraham of the Jewish family to becoming an international multiracial force in the earth, the church exploded because people found their frequency. They weren't all the same. They didn't all look the same. They didn't all think the same. They came from different races, different cultures. But the fact is God had a frequency for them all. And when they found that frequency, incredible things began to happen. The force of purpose caused a season when boundaries were crossed and barriers were broken and new ideas were explored and ultimately God's will and purpose were advanced and God's kingdom was expanded. So if you agree with me today and you thank God the biggest challenge in my life is finding my frequency, would you say a big amen and give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Amen. Amen. You know what you're doing? You know what we do? Uh, Pastor Brandon talked about DLI. Part of our job is to disciple people. And what we call discipleship is illumination of the soul. You see, when you get saved, your spirit is instantaneously changed. You are made complete. You are made, you are connected and joined with the Spirit of God. But how many of you know that you get up from the altar with the same old weirded out, whacked out thinking you got saved with? Amen. And in those thought processes, there are a lot of areas of darkness that have to be illuminated with the truth of God's Word. And when we disciple people and help them find the will of God for their life by discovering it in the Word of God, how many want God's will for your life? How many know you're going to have a better marriage if you're in God's will? Your finances are going to be better if you're in God's will. Your children are going to be better if they're in God's will. Did you know the Bible tells you God's will for your life? 
I need a better amen than that because that's true. Amen. We want a prophetic word. We want somebody to come and listen. I'm all about prophecy. Some of the most powerful prophecies I ever got in my life was in Triumph Church in Nederland. It changed my life. I get that. But a lot of us just want somebody to come in, and we got this microwave mentality. It's like bringing an evangelist in that can tell me where I live and what my doctor's name is. And I'm thinking, I already know where I live and what my doctor's name is. I need somebody to tell me something I don't already know. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you the best prophetic oracle in the entire universe is what the Word of God says in your life. Amen. Because here's what's happening. When God creates a domain for you and the wavelengths of your frequency, there He commands the blessing. In other words, there in that area, there is, there is great success. The favor of God is poured out. The blessings of the Lord. We always talk about where he gives vision. He gives provision. Well, guess what? That's in the wavelengths of your domain. You might not have the benefit of the great provision of God trying to run in my lane, y'all. You're going to have to find your lane. And when you find your lane and surrender to the will of God, suddenly heaven opens over your life. And suddenly things begin to happen that you know couldn't happen if God did make it happen and that's what we see in the book of Acts I mean this ragtag mob of people becomes a movement overnight because they discovered the frequency God had for them and that first involves getting turned on <laughs> look at your neighbor very carefully if you're married to them if you're not don't but say you need to get turned on I mean, if you listen, I'm in churches almost every single week in America, and I think one of the diseases that's affecting the American church is too many people turned off. Too many people are turned off. They've been turned off by religion. They've been turned off by politicians. They've been turned off by hypocrisy. Some have been hurt. Some have just experienced life. Something happened or something didn't. And in the process of living life, they got shut down. What is it that has shut you down? What is it? Do you remember that moment you got saved and you thought you were going to take the world and everything was going to change? What happened along the way to shut you down? Well, let me tell you what. I know somebody that can turn you back on. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the same God. He's the same God. Same God that called you. He's the same God that loved you. He's the same God that saved you. And he hadn't changed his mind about you. He who knows the beginning and the end makes no mistakes in between. And while we might make mistakes and we might deal with interference that pulls us off signal, if we will go back to his feet and find our way back into his will, he'll flip the switch and turn you back on. Amen. So flip the switch. Somebody say flip the switch. That's all that's happened. Somebody flipped the switch and it went off. Pull the chain, twist the dial, whatever you've got to do. It may be that you've got to let go of something. So somebody say with me, you don't look at anybody, but somebody say, get over it. If you're not careful, life will cause you to get turned off and you'll have a fossilized faith, y'all. You Listen, the churches are packed with people who still go through the motion and still have the likeness and the image, but there's no life in them because somewhere along the line they got turned off. And I'm just here to tell you today that I don't know what happened, but I can tell you this, it didn't change your destiny. 
And God will begin to work in your life to get you back to that place of yes, to get you back to that place of on, to get you back to that place where you are fully engaged with his purpose in your life and experiencing his power in your life. Whatever happened didn't catch him off guard. He still controls the frequency. I'm glad that I'm not creating my frequency. I'm glad that he's creating my frequency. How about you today? Amen. You might be in the middle of a bad relationship, but God can get you out of that bad relationship. God can bring wholeness into that relationship. You may be in a place that you're dealing with financial adversity, or perhaps one of the most dangerous places in all of life is dealing with incredible success. You, have may, you may, have, may have more money than you ever thought you'd have in your entire life. There may be more opportunities. And how many know that sometimes great success can turn you off as well? Somebody say, pull the switch. <laughs> Disappointment can cause you to stall out. It can cause us to settle for what we already have and the way things already are. But thank God for people historically who were not satisfied with the, thing, the way things were and were not satisfied with what they already had, who believed for more, believed God could do more, believed God would do more, and believed God had a place of, in their life and for them where they could live the abundant life that Jesus promised. I'll tell you, if you look and read commentators today, some are suggesting in our generation we're witnessing the dismantling of Western Christianity as we know it. And literally, some of them say that this process would be complete in this generation. They labeled our generation not just a postmodern, but a post Christian world. But I got a word for them today. I would say, don't be too hasty on writing the obituary of the church. Because I'm going to tell you what God's about to do in America. He's about to turn some believers back on. The lights that have been off are about to come back on. He's about to do it, I believe, with all my heart. I would say don't write. No, no. Because we have to understand that the church still belongs to God. And you belong to God. God's not through with you. He's not finished. And he's still got a plan. The best days of Triumph Church all over this region are yet to come. There was great days in the past, but there's greatness yet to come. And you get to be part of that. Amen. You get to be part of that. God is still the unmovable, unshakable foundation of the universe. Today, as in biblical times, the, the culture, the, the pundits might be saying, He is a stone that we are rejecting. But guess what? He is still the cornerstone of everything. If you fall on Him, you will be broken. If He falls on you, you will be powder. But He is still ruling from heaven. Hallelujah. Give Him praise today. Amen. Give Him praise. Praise God. So you say, how do I find my frequency, Brother Russell? Well, you start by being turned on. You say, how do I do that? I just seek God. We seek the Lord. Jesus was always seeking God. He was God in the flesh. But yet he was always tuning himself to the frequency of heaven. He was always tuning in to make sure to the degree that he is not only synchronized, but he is synthesized with the Father. He says, to this degree, he says, when you see me, you see the Father. I only say what he says. I only do what he says do. I am totally yielded and surrender. You know the secret of the power of Jesus Christ the man? Jesus Christ the man was empowered by the Holy Ghost and surrendered to the will of the Father. And you can be too. That's how it's done. It's not rocket science and you don't need a magic decoder ring in a thesaurus. All we need to do is come into the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, my life is all this, and you know. 
My life is a mess. My life that I've gotten, I've allowed interference to get me off frequency. But God, I believe that you can tune me back in. He says, if you'll turn to him, he'll turn to you. God responds to Solomon. Remember in the great prayer, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Humbleness means that we need some issue. We got to deal with some issues on pride. How many know that pride can masquerade itself a lot of different ways? It can. And I, I, pride is the root. All sin streams out of the root of pride. It does. Pride is content for you to think that you're a king of the world and the absolute God's gift to everything. Or for you to feel like you're absolutely nothing and will never amount to anything. It doesn't matter which end of the spectrum that you're on. Providing you are the center of your attention. So what that means is how do we tune in? How do we get tuned in to the purpose of God? How do we get tuned into the frequency of heaven? Well, we become less self-conscious and more God-aware. Suddenly, instead of always thinking about me and how it's going to affect me and how I'm going to look, suddenly I think about God and how it's going to affect God and how God's going to look. Instead of making myself look good, I just want to make Him look good. And when you begin to turn your eyes from yourself and your own problems and your own circumstances, your own blessings or your own difficulties, when you get your eyes off your own circumstance and put your eyes on Jesus Christ good things begin to happen ladies and gentlemen they do suddenly that dial begins to turn suddenly the, the static begins to clarify suddenly there's less distortion and suddenly you're beginning to hear the coded missions that God has for your life suddenly it all comes into focus everybody say get tuned in I have a little graphic for you called the mountain of success I want to just summarize it for you if they'll throw it up for us. This is the success that you can find and know in the kingdom of God. Everybody sees that the point at the top is the will of God, God's will. It is your highest level of experience with God, where you are perfectly in the will of God. And what happens is when we're trying to get to that point that is the beginning ground of everything that God wants to release in our lives successfully, we have our will to battle. There's always that natural carnal will, that flesh fighting between what God said versus what you say, what's been said to you. And that's where interference comes, how people begin to tell you. Maybe as a child you were always hearing negative things or criticism or maybe experiences that you've gone through that were constantly in conflict with what the Bible says or what God's will is for your life. You've got to be willing to tune that out and tune him in and say it don't matter what anybody says. It's what God says about me that matters. It doesn't matter what I went through. He's bigger than any experience. Experience I've had and we find the will of God and there we find purpose I've studied anthropology a bit I've studied uh, humanities and we always say that the greatest questions of life are who am I and why am I here in other words what is my purpose a life without meaning no matter how much money you have no matter how much fame you have will never satisfy you will never know true satisfaction until you realize the reason and the purpose for which you are on the planet and that's embedded in God's will for your life that's why it's so miserable when you're out of God's will anybody in the room ever been out of God's will and nobody likes to live there I don't I've been there I don't want to go back it wasn't fun. There's nothing good there. There's no life there. There's no commanded blessing. It's a roll of the dice. 
It's just happy chance. It's just circumstance. It's just hoping. It's opportunism. I tell you, you're not going to find a consistent life of success in a lifestyle of opportunism. God is much more in your, interested in developing you than giving you a great opportunity. I tell these young leaders all the time that your life is more like a, a seed to be planted than a door to be opened. Working with young leaders over these years, they're always waiting for an opportunity. It's like, man, when God opens the door, when God opens the door. And I'm saying God wants to grow something in you. He wants to grow something in you. He's not interested in your big break. Your big break happened when you got saved. I was in Nashville not long ago, and I told him, I said, I, I'm in a room filled with people that are waiting for their big break. But can I tell you the biggest break you're ever going to get is when you said no to yourself and yes to God. That was the biggest opportunity of your life. And we begin to synchronize ourselves to the will of God, discover His purpose. You see, then as we flow from the top down, we discover the ways of God. If you try to get the ways of God without experiencing the will of God, it's legalism. It's legalism. You'll know what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. You'll know the routine principles. Well, God's going to bless me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay my tithe so God will bless me. I'm going to do. And you can live in that world of do's and don'ts, and there's a measure of success. But when you start with God, what's your will for my finances? What's your will for my life? It changes everything. Then His ways begin to make sense, and instead of it being a law that you follow, it's a relationship you live in. And then we begin to see the means of God, God's means, His provision. A lot of us want God's provision without surrendering to God's will. Can I get an amen for that? And then sometimes it confuses us when it don't all work out. But I promise you, if you will flip the switch to yes, and if you'll stay turned on in the Spirit, then like the people of old that I've told you about today, God will take a, a, a farmer from Serene and a carpenter from Nazareth and, and a fisherman from Galilee, synchronize them with their purpose, reveal their frequency, and then command His blessing. And then miracles begin to happen. Stand with me, would you? I close today with a story. A few years ago, um, I guess it's been about, uh, it's, it's uh, 2004, so it's been 14 years ago. I was invited as part of a young leader's delegation to have breakfast with a man. Some of you may recognize his name, some of you may not. But his name was Bill Bright. He was in the process of preparing to go to heaven. I don't know whether you've heard his name, but most of you have heard the ministry he founded called Campus Crusade for Christ. The interesting thing about Dr. Bright is, imagine this now, wrap your mind around this. There are more people who have been saved through the ministry of Bill Bright than all of Christianity combined for 2,000 years. Wrap your mind around that for a minute. One of the most humble men I'd ever met. He was dying. We literally went to his home and had breakfast and and he mentioned just in passing a reference to a mentor that he had and it sent me on a journey because I'm thinking who mentored Bill Bright 80 major world ministries came out of campus crusade for Christ 
over seven, no, no, not quite seven, maybe six and a half billion people, billion, have heard the gospel message in their native language through the Jesus film that was established through Campus Crusade for Christ. I mean, we're talking about a ministry of epic proportions. We mentioned Henrietta Mears. Now, that's another name that's really obscure, isn't it? Henrietta Mears. Well, Henrietta, just to cut, cut to the chase, Henrietta was a lady back in the late 1800s, born in 1890, and she had a passion for God. She was raised in a pastor's home, and she wanted to serve God, wanted to go to China back in the early China missionary days, wanted to go to China, tried, I think, seven or eight times to go to China. The door was blocked every time. Her heart was broken. She went on to school, became a biology teacher. And began to teach, eventually became principal of the school. Well, a man from Hollywood, California, who was pastoring First Presbyterian Church in Hollywood, came to her home church in Chicago. And the pastor, who was her grandfather at that time, said, You need to talk to Henrietta. She has a real teaching gift. And she'd make a great Sunday school superintendent, and I think she needs to get out. So, won't you talk to her about hiring her? Long story short, after going back and forth, he eventually hired her. She agreed to go to Hollywood, California, become a Sunday school teacher, lead their Sunday school department. When she went, everybody say, tune me in. When she went, the average attendance at Hollywood Presbyterian Church was about 400 people on a good Sunday morning. After 35 years, when she died, her Sunday school class, her Sunday school class, would average about 4,700 on Sunday morning. Uh, she led Bill and Bonnet Bright to the Lord and discipled them. I think in all, in total, 17 or 18 major world ministries emerged that you would recognize today, emerged out of her Sunday school young man who said in his memoirs that she mentored him at a moment of crisis in faith when he had been challenged by a dear friend about the existence of God and the authenticity of scripture said he went there as a guest speaker to speak at one of her youth camps in California and she pulled him under her wing and reasoned with him and solidified his faith and helped him and he credited her with his ministry going forth as a man we just buried named Billy Graham. I tell you Henrietta's story to tell you today that God's frequency for your life may not look exactly like you assumed it would, but how many know sometimes we have to settle for God's best? It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter how life may have broken you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the most successful person in the room by outward trappings. I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to ask the Holy Spirit to tune you in, to dial you in, to get you on the frequency of heaven so that you can experience the message God has for your life. Find your lane. There's a place for you in this church. If you're not serving, if you're not volunteering, don't wait for an opportunity on the stage. Find your frequency in a department and let God bless you and experience the commanded blessing of God in your life because He leads you from glory to glory 
to glory. Say it with me. Glory to glory to glory. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you have a frequency for us all. That, Lord, from heaven, you are sending out a message. And that message, Lord, is the code for our lives that will lead us into the commanded blessing of God. And I pray, Lord, for everyone in this room, no matter what circumstance they're facing in life, I pray right now, Lord, that you will help them to tune themselves in, first to turn themselves on, and then tune themselves in to the will of God. And through the will of God, release your power in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.